Hello, this is Jeff Otis, partner at Evergreen, and you're listening to Coffee with Evergreen on the Evergreen Exchange. I hope you enjoyed this 15-minute conversation between myself and Evergreen Director of Financial Planning, Katie Versio. And as always, thanks for listening. All views and opinions expressed by the host and any guests of the podcast are solely the individual's views and do not necessarily reflect the views of Evergreen Golf Cal. Evergreen Golf Cal's clients may hold securities mentioned in this podcast at any given time. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions or be considered investment advice. Enjoy the episode. All right. Well, I'm excited to uh, welcome back our Evergreen's Director of Financial Planning and Certified Financial Planner, Katie Versio. So, Katie, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Jeff, for having me. I'm excited to be here as we're wrapping up the end of the year. Yeah, I can't believe it's already December. We've had snow on the ground, and here we go, right into the thick of the holidays. But before we fast forward too much into uh, celebrations to come, there's still some housekeeping uh, work that clients uh, obviously need to be mindful of, a lot of the planning discussions and conversations that we're having here near the end of the year. So really focusing on what we're doing between now and year-end from a planning perspective. Um, and we'll break this down into a few categories. So I want to kick this off with just talking about some of the things that clients should be thinking about when, in terms of retirement planning. Yes. So first I want to start off by saying that, you know, this year, 2022, there has been so much market volatility. It can be hard to really the focus is on, you know, what are my investments doing? Is the market up or down today? Kind of focusing on that part of the equation where it's, often feel really concerned about the future. Clients are feeling like maybe I won't be able to retire on time. And this is a time where we really go back to revisiting the financial plan, running Monte Carlo scenarios, looking at probabilities of success and future cash flows. And so during times of volatility, I really like to focus on what we can control. And a lot of that is, you know, some of this annual contributions, um, you know, making sure allocations are appropriate and just making sure things are on track. So if you haven't had a chance to review with an advisor or you don't have an advisor, you know, certainly uh, we'd be happy to chat um, and just to, to make sure that things are going on track. So for retirement planning, a few things that need to happen before the end of the year. If you haven't taken your required minimum distribution or RMD, um, if you're over age 72, you have until the end of the year. Uh, an important note is that the last trading day of the year is actually the 30th. So a little one last day to, to get that done. So be aware of that. But you have to start taking out a percentage um, if, if you do have a retirement account. So, so check to make sure that's been satisfied by the end of the year. Also, if you've inherited an IRA after 2020, from 2020 on and going forward, you may be subject to the 10-year rule. And so uh, check with your advisor and tax advisor on that to make sure those are being satisfied as well, because the rules have changed a little bit there. So make sure that that box gets checked too. So First thing, make sure you check the required minimum distribution. Um, also, if you're still working, make sure that you're contributing the most you can to your employer retirement plans for things like 401ks, simple plans, and uh some of those retirement accounts that are offered through your employer, you have to make contributions before the end of the year. So again, that last date is 1230. 
If you have a 401k, you can give up to $20,500 a year plus an extra $6,500 if you're over the age of 50. So make sure that you're maxing those out as much as you can. If you have a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, you do have until April 18th to contribute $6,500 or an extra $1,000 if you're over the age of 50. So make sure that you're aware of those distinctions. Lastly, on the retirement planning side, um, review if a Roth conversion fits into your plan. These are really popular now um, to take a either all or a portion of the tax-deferred traditional IRA or 401k and essentially pay the taxes on it now and then convert it to a Roth IRA where it can grow tax-free. It's not suitable for everyone, but now is a specifically good time to be doing those conversions when, A, tax rates are lower. We know they're going up in 2026 with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, so take advantage when rates are lower as well as when um, – Balances are lower when securities are down. You pay on a lower conversion amount, really setting up for tax-free growth in the future. So review, again, with your advisor, and that deadline is at the end of this month as well. Yeah, it's a really good uh, list of items for clients to be thinking about. And, again, required minimum distributions for those that are unfamiliar. It's just the IRS's way of finally getting its tax revenue. So it's uh, it's money that you put into likely 401ks over time and eventually rolled over into IRAs and it was all tax-free when you put it in. And, uh, you know, they, they let those accounts grow on the sidelines for retirement. But once you hit a certain age, for a long time, it was 70 and a half. And that was changed to 72. Recently, they're talking about even pushing it to 73. We'll see how that gets uh, voted on uh, over the next whatever it is, you know, months uh, ahead. And then but at 72 now, you have to take at least a small portion of your IRA out each year, and it's just the, it's the IRS's way of collecting their tax revenue. There's a pretty significant penalty if you don't take it um, before year end, and we we're, we do a really thorough job making sure that all clients take their uh, distributions before year end. But if you're listening to the podcast as somebody who is doing it on your own, then just be mindful that you have to take uh, take that out before year end. And also, it's very common for me to see clients have multiple IRAs, and there's a question that comes in about, like, do you have to take a certain portion of each? Um, no, you don't. You, you can take it out of one, but it has to be the full amount of the R&D that, that is the combined, the combined amount from all of them. So just be, just be thoughtful that if you have multiple IRAs, you got to figure out what the total is on two or three or four of them combined. And you can take all of it out from one, but uh, just make sure that you're not missing anything. And I will clarify on that. You're you're right on that point that you can take it from one, but they have to be the same type. So if you have a traditional IRA and a SEP IRA and a 401k, for example, you have to take an RMD on each one of those accounts. If they're all IRAs, then it becomes a little bit easier. So if there's questions on that, um, feel free to reach out to clarify that. But that, that's an important distinction. Yeah, and I want to move on to gifting. So what are some thoughts around gifting that clients and, and investors should be thinking of before year end? Yes. So the annual limit this year is 16000 per person per beneficiary. So a married couple could give 32000 per beneficiary. Um, and now, again, is a, is a good time to be doing that when I guess it depends on what, what you're gifting, you know, cash. This applies to cash, securities, um, you know, whatever the case may be there with 
if you're gifting securities, it's a, it's a good time to be doing that when asset prices are down because you can gift, let's say, shares of Microsoft or shares of highly appreciated securities, get them out of your estate. And when, again, the market is down, it's a good time to be doing that because you're able to kind of get more out of your estate, get more shares out than you might have been able to last year, and then shift the, the tax burden onto the beneficiary. So again, the, the deadline to do that is the 30th of the year. So if that, those are things that you're thinking about, you know, review it with, with an advisor and a tax advisor as well. Yeah, and I've had clients ask me before, like, so it's not taxable to me, but is it taxable to the receiver? And it's like, no, 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 no. You literally can stand on the street corner and give out $16,000 to every person that walks by. And it's tax-free to you. It's tax-free to them. Um, even if you give more than that, when uh, it, that doesn't necessarily make it taxable. It just means you have to then start using some of your lifetime tax exclusion amount. So the limits of of how much you can give to any individual for this year. It's just so that you're not having to file anything additional in your tax return. So just be, just be uh, mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then be aware that as Katie mentioned, in terms of gifting securities, if you're doing so, you're gifting the cost basis, your cost basis of those securities to, to the recipient. And so there's real tax strategy to be thinking of in terms of should you be gifting securities or cash or how you're doing that with your estate plan. And that really should be uh, consulted with your uh, your CPA and your estate planning attorney along with our team if you're working with us. So uh, just some things to think of, think about. And obviously, um, gifting securities can be a really good thing um, versus cash, but it just depends on your situation. Um, let's talk about charitable giving. Yes. Okay. So... I would say now, like we were just talking about with, with gifting to individuals, um, I would say review your financial plan to figure out if, if you do want to do charitable giving, what's the best way to gift? You know, you can gift cash, securities, artwork, vehicles. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to give. And this year is actually a fairly unique year with asset prices being down. Let's say, for example, you want to gift shares of stock that are down. You know, in that scenario, it would likely make sense to, to sell the asset and give cash versus if the, asset has appreciated significantly, it often makes sense to gift directly that to gift the shares or gift the asset directly to the charity and thus, you know, not have to realize that taxable event, realize that gain and get that out of your estate. So depending on what your balance sheet looks like, there's a lot of different options there. For public 501c3 charities, you can deduct up to 60% of your adjusted gross income for cash contributions and up to 30% of your AGI for long-term capital gains property. So there's a few different considerations to think about there, but those are just a few. It has been more challenging in recent years to get tax deductions for making uh, charitable gifts with the increase of the standard deduction. Um, so some strategies that we're taking part of now is you can bunch up or combine multiple years of donations into a single year so that you can take advantage of that um the deduction, the charitable deduction. And then, you know, let's say you gift it to a donor advised fund. Those are vehicles where you can donate to and kind of spread out your donations over time. So using big round numbers here, let's say you gift $100,000 to a donor advised fund in 2022. You're not required to gift any of that money out in year one or really in any year, but you could say, this is going to fund my giving bucket for the next 10 years and gift out $10,000 a year to charity 
charities as you see fit. So in recent years, there's been a big expansion of ways to give to charity. And I think that's a that's one that we've been using a lot more of. Jeff, I know you use that with a lot of clients, too. Yeah, it's a popular tool. It's almost like your own uh, foundation account. And those can be set up at places like Charles Schwab. The, the fees are pretty low. Depending on how much money you put into them, you can have those strategies managed. You can have those strategies, excuse me, you can have those assets even remain invested in certain funds, or you can just keep it as cash. So there's a lot of flexibility and options in terms of how to treat the assets. But you're right. They're really popular tools, especially for appreciated positions, instead of writing checks uh, from your cash reserves to charity, you know, you can gift appreciated stock positions that you're sitting on from anything uh, into these individual donor advised funds that are set up again in your name at Schwab. And then it's almost like a giving bucket that you can use again, whether it's this year, next year, and following year beyond, um, you can create a bit of a reserve for you guys, for you to use if you go to charitable auctions or if you have charities that you want to do year-end giving to or, or even uh, donations to church. It's just the, the recipient ultimately needs to be a 501c3 licensed nonprofit. Um, but especially in our relationship with Schwab, they have such a huge database of nonprofits that they've already given to. So most of the ones that clients are giving to are like already in their system. You know, the one-offs of small 501c3 in a, in a city that Schwab hasn't worked with before, like they just have to populate that before they give. But it's, those are really good tools. And as you mentioned with the IRAs, the qualified charitable distributions, that's a really popular way to give directly from your IRA. Uh, which uses up a portion, if not all of your required minimum distribution and doing it in a way where you don't have to pay the income tax that the IRS is after and give that money directly to, to charity. Yeah, so that's a good point. Um, uh, a way to give that I think is one of the ways that people just don't know about that a lot of folks aren't aware of is that, yes, you can gift directly from your IRA and take an above the line deduction. So let's say, for example, if your required minimum distribution is $30,000 and you choose to write a check to charity from that amount and it's $20,000, then you only have $10,000 left of taxable income. So it's actually an extremely efficient way to give, especially now that the standard deduction has changed and increased where so many people are able to so many less people are able to claim those itemized deductions. So that's a way to, to think about as well. But something I will say, if, if you are considering that, it does get a little hectic towards year end. And so that's something that typically most custodians, I know at Schwab, they kind of say after the 15th of the month, it's kind of a best effort basis to get those requests done. And I'm sure other custodians have those deadlines as well. So if you are thinking about using that method, I would I would get on that sooner rather than later. Yeah. And keep in mind the just as just to reiterate, the qualified charitable distribution mechanism is only allowed to those that are over 70. And so, so I've had clients younger than that that are like, wow, I can give directly from my IRA. And it's like, I know that sounds really appealing, but you have to qualify based on your age. So That's a good all right, last question here is just around uh, tax planning and anything that investors should be doing from a tax perspective between yes. now and year end. So a few things, certainly on the investment side of things, it's a 2022 is there's an ex, a good opportunity to take some 
losses, do some tax loss harvesting. And that's essentially where you sell securities when they're down to realize the, to realize the long-term loss or the short-term loss. And you can offset those against any capital gains, short-term or long-term. And so, um, there may be, with how the market has gone this year, in most, in many portfolios, there are a lot of opportunities to take losses. And even if you don't have gains to pair them against with this year, how it works is that you take, you can write off $3,000 from your income and then the rest of that loss carries forward to the next year. And so if you have big gains in years to come, you know, it, it it will keep going and roll forward on an ongoing basis. And so uh, I would say take some time to look at your portfolio review with your tax team, your advisory team about what makes the most sense. And again, the last time to realize any losses is the 30th of the month. So just to be aware of that, a few other kind of one-offs to think about is make sure that you know if you have a flex savings account known as an FSA with your employer, contribute you can do 3650 per person or 7300 per family so make sure those amounts are getting maxed out because those can be invested and rolled over year to year so be aware of that um also let's see here um Okay, so one more note, just in terms of as you're thinking about as going through this list of what we just talked about and thinking, oh, I need to get this done, I need to get this done, just uh, a PSA from all the different custodians here in terms of the timing. So gifting requests generally need to be taken care of by the 16th. Um, if there's any checks that you need Schwab to issue, those need to be done by the 16th as well. And any real complex request will need to be taken care of by the 16th. If there's things like wires or money movements, those can go really through the end of the year. But just so that you can plan ahead to make sure that things get taken care of, um, really try to get those buttoned up here in the next week or two so that everything, there's no stress at the end of the year as the 30th rolls around. Yeah, I think that's a really good list. Very comprehensive. I mean, there's not necessarily the same year end deadline urgency for things like making sure that your accounts are titled correctly and your beneficiaries are updated and, you know, reviewing your estate plan. If you need to make changes to your will or, or add trust. I mean, those are all things that you can do whenever and there's not necessarily the deadline of year end. We're talking really about, about, uh, 1231 or in this, maybe in this case, 1230 uh, deadlines that the client should be focused on. But obviously don't miss on, on the rest of the stuff uh, when it comes to financial planning as well. And talk to your advisor, especially if it's here at Evergreen or elsewhere. Uh, if you don't have an advisor, we'd be happy to, to uh, set up a call and go through your, your financial picture and plan and give you some thoughts and ideas from our end as well. So Katie, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for all the care and dedication you share to our clients and, and uh, we'll get you on again, maybe uh, into 2023. So happy holidays to you and your family and uh, we'll see you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Evergreen GovCal is a wealth management firm with offices in Bellevue, Washington, Portland, Oregon, and California's Bay area. We provide investment management, tax compliance, family office, and retirement planning services. Evergreen is accepting applications for new clients who align with our firm's investment and planning approach. If you think you might be a fit with us, follow the link in the show notes to fill out our prospective client compatibility survey. 